uh, as fate would have it, we uh, are getting really close to the finish line. So three minutes and I, <laughs> and I go back in, but I miss. And what happens is, is my penis basically pops. Hi guys, welcome back. I am so excited for this episode and I know that I say that I'm excited every week, but it, I really am always <laughs> excited. <laughs> uh, I recorded with this guest last night and I just, I couldn't stop laughing. It's fucking hilarious from the start to the finish. So, and honestly, if it's one of my, if not my all-time favorite episodes. So anyway, I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet so we can get right into the content. And I want you guys to know that when I do these solo intros, um, for some reason, when I'm introing with someone else, it's really easy to banter off of them. But when I'm doing it by myself, I'm such a perfectionist. Guys, this is probably the 13th <laughs> recording. <laughs> I just, I I wanted to be uh, really great. So anyway, welcome to my 13th try for this intro. Uh, before we dive in, I just wanted to go over a few things. So first off, I wanted to let you guys know I'm working on getting a Patreon account started. So if you listen to other podcasts, I'm sure you've heard of Patreon before. So basically, it's just a way that you can help support the podcast and support me to make sure that this podcast can continue to happen. So what I'll be offering on it is behind the scenes content, exclusive videos, bonus episodes, and ways that you can have more personal interaction with me. So I'm working on that. I will let you guys know when I get that up and running. So look out for it. Also, make sure that you're following me on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast because I post all of my updates on there as well. I'm also starting to look into getting some merch for you guys. So if you have any phrases that have been on the podcast that you'd like to see on merch, let me know. I have a couple in mind, obviously, hello and goodbye. Um, <laughs> and then I was thinking, uh, how long have you been standing there? And what was the other one? Oh, uh, feel the feelings that you're feeling from episode eight. So yeah, so just stay tuned. I'm excited, you guys. This is, this is really, well, yeah, this is a big deal. So thank you guys for being so supportive. I really appreciate it. Okay, so just a quick update on my personal life. Not much has changed. I'm enjoying my time with my parents. My mom cooks all my meals for me. I, I feel like I'm in high school again. And I do all their grocery shopping for them. Guys, they pay me to get their groceries. It's like, like um, what's it called when you, hazard insurance. It's like my parents give me hazard insurance for going and getting their groceries for them. And it's honestly, it's the least I can do. And I got my bike out of storage this week and went on a little ride and I went to the bike store and got a new seat for it. Obviously following social distancing rules and wearing my mask. And I even purchased like a couple of new masks that are super cute and colorful. And, you know, because mask selfies are the new selfie. So of course I, I had to post a mask selfie. Yeah. And in terms of my dating life, nothing new, still very single. 
I did have someone reach out more as a friend, but, you know, I, I there was some interest there, I think on both of our parts, but we had agreed to be friends because what we see in our futures is very different. So, yeah, I think we're just going to kind of keep talking as friends and and go from there. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm stuck and single in quarantine. Hashtag stuck and single. And guys, I joke about it, but I want you to know too, it is a struggle for me. I, I do feel lonely. I do have days where I feel bummed and days that I really wish I was in a relationship. I, I miss being in a relationship. I was in a relationship for 10 years and I, I do miss that. And I feel like it's been a long time and I wonder when my time is going to come. But I also know that I'm so lucky in so many aspects of my life right now. And so when I do feel kind of those negative thoughts, I just, I try and remember what I'm grateful for and just keeping a healthy perspective on everything. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm very transparent with you guys at at every step of my life and and I try and do that, but I also want to make sure that I make you guys laugh. So, with all of that said, uh yeah, I let's dive right in. You guys enjoy and here we go. All right, you guys, well, I'm so excited to introduce this guest to you. He's an author of the book Broken Banana, which has been featured on the Today Show, TMZ, and CNN. But most importantly, he's a survivor of a broken penis. Please welcome Ross Asdurian. <sighs> you said that like, uh, that like I was going to have a show audience clap me on, uh, but I'll just assume that your listener uh, is clapping right now. So oh, thank they you. Are. They're, thank you so much. They're excited. Thank you. They, uh, yeah, here we are. Well, well uh, thanks for having me. So uh, let's let's get this party started, Leanna. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Ross. Um, so I was going to just ask a couple of questions so my listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Oh, yeah. But you live in New York City currently? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 34 right now. Wow. Really personal off the bat. <laughs> you really weren't joking. You look, you look, your hair looks really great. Unbelievable. Haven't gotten a haircut in two months. <laughs> I actually, I preferred the... I had the, the, the hair bands. I the like hair this. Band. A, that is a podcast and we're talking about what I look like. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody knows. Oh, but we're recording video. Oh boy. This is a great push to your <laughs> YouTube channel now. This is actually okay, one ad so for you. You're 34. What do you do for work? Uh, I do a lot of things. Uh, I'm a video producer. I've been a producer on a show called Returning the Favor on Facebook. Uh, I have a lipstick company called Big Boca. Uh, I have no, an artificial. I do have an artificial intelligence website called uh, RobotsThink.com, uh, and that's just this week. What? <laughs> I know it's everything in my life sounds like it's a joke, but actually, that's what makes it funny. Is that that's it's real. really real? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then obviously here, because you wrote a book. Yes. And you wrote a book because you had a very significant life incident happen to you. Yeah. Let's, let's cut to the chase here. Let's just start talking about my penis. Cause that's, <laughs> that's, that's why you're here and I'm here to sell maybe one or two more books. So I think <laughs> I've been thinking about it all week. I got one out of you. So maybe we'll get one more out of a, of a out of a listener. So why don't, why don't you recap really quickly what Broken Banana is about? Okay, I'll recap, but then I want you to recap my recap. Let's go. 
Okay. Okay. So basically you had a casual sexual experience with someone. Yes. And you broke your penis. Okay. We've gotten past page two. This is good. I'm, I like where this is going. <laughs> You never know when someone's going to interview if they've actually like read your book or seen your painting. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like anyone who's ever done like a panel, you know, if you ever go to like a, a conference and there's a panel and the host comes on and like doesn't know anyone <laughs> and the people on the panel don't actually know what the panel's about. They're flipping through the, the pages. They're like, oh. no, I, <laughs> I promise I read it. I just, okay. So I'm the type of person like I like that main incident. Obviously that's what the book was about, but you have so many other intricacies written and stories and you go back to your past and you put it all together in a way. And that was what caught me um, because I think it was a very interesting way of, of getting to know you. And I thought you, it was very well written. It was very funny. I listened to your audible version. I thought you did a great job reading your own words <laughs> sexual eulogy um but yeah i mean it's just it's just a crazy story and i was more interested in your how it affected your life yeah. um but i'm sure our li my listeners probably right. want to know some Let's details do it. okay so here's here's the story and i appreciate your uh you're telling me that you you came you came for the length and you stayed for the depth is what i was hearing yeah, uh, but let me let me kind of dial it back. So uh, I guess six years ago or so, you know, living in New York, living in the East Village, and uh, you know, as as does happen often, is people come and go into the city. And a girl who I had actually hooked up we with called them sex had, ghosts. Uh, correct. Ha, ha, wait, what? Se sex? Text? Sex ghosts. Sex ghosts. Sex ghosts. Isn't that what you call? Them? Yeah, it was a chapter. I didn't. I could. I actually read the chapter too. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so she, she, uh, she comes into town and I had, you know, hadn't seen her in seven years. Uh, and you know, we go out and don't have sex. And the next night we go out and then we do. And, uh, as fate would have it, we, uh, are getting really close to the finish line. So three minutes and I, <laughs> go out and I go back in, but I miss. And what happens is, is my penis basically pops. And uh, when you hear of a penis break, everyone usually says, oh, you know, it's a tear uh, because it is. It's actually a, it's too, you know, your, not your penis, maybe yours, uh, <laughs> it has two uh, fatty sacs and a, and a urethra. And so most people, when they have, hear of a penis break, it's a tear of one of those two fatty sacs. Well, I tore both of mine and my urethra was severed in half. So it was one of the worst penis breaks on file. Actually, as my doctor said, I was the 13th. Uh, and so, you know, I'm the lucky guy. Uh, but it was, truly <laughs> the, it was truly the worst possible uh, scenario with the best outcome. And I think that's part of the living in New York. So, you know, I went to the emergency room and, you know, a lot of the story is basically, uh, you know, the narrative, the narrative backbone starts when I break, uh, when the break happens and it ends the first time I have sex again. Where it gets, uh, w w what the story is about is about, you know, dating in New York and this complicated kind of relationships that we have with our parents and the grays of dating uh, and how do we reconcile with our behavior 
and you know all these different things and, and why we are the way we are so it, it is kind of just this uh you know i mean it's 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 kind of just a reflection for me out of and this this happened to be the event that allowed me to be open about what i think a lot of us experience absolutely when, when did you decide to write about it um i think that you know, I, there was no definitive time. I had originally written it as a screenplay and my best buddy's manager had read it. And he's like, this is funny, but fuck you going to do with this? Are you going to go make a movie? And I was like, <laughs> I guess not the way you're saying that. And so I ended up just kind of hunkering down and, uh, and writing it. And it, you know, it, it was, it was tough, like writing a book. I mean, fuck writing a paper is hard, uh, but it really is just you versus yourself. And I, you know, there wasn't really a moment I had, I had the summer off. Uh, I had basically left my job or, I mean, voluntarily and involuntarily as the company downsized. And, you know, I just was like, fuck it, man. Like this is, this is a cool time to try something else. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have, I have so many questions. I'm trying to ask them at the right time. But yeah, now, um, now while I'm recording with you is a great time. <laughs> I mean, I want to ask them in the right order. Great. Okay, so the the timeline of when you broke your penis, you were 28 years old. Something like 27, 28, I think. Yeah. Okay. And then you wrote the book. I wrote the when book you were how old? three years later. Okay. And then it, the book has done really well. I mean, not Stephen King well, but well enough <laughs> well, that, after you're, this that podcast, you're here talking to me. Exactly. It's going to go through the fucking roof. Has your life changed at all since you wrote the book? Uh, yeah. Well, every conversation now that I've ever had with anyone has changed because that's how people <laughs> introduce me. And that's all the Google results that come up for me. So any, any accomplishment I've ever had in my life has now gone to page 12 of Google. Uh, but, but it's good. I, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is, you know, we each have our role in, in life and other people's lives. And, you know, I, I get to make people laugh and, and there's no better laugh than the ones that come at your own ex- expense. So, you know, it's, it's fun. Of course it's changed. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So you, I'm assuming you changed the names of the characters in your book from their actual names. Uh, everybody but uh, Pat, because I use everybody um, had a middle name. So as a proxy, when I was writing, I use it as a middle name. And uh, my buddy Pat doesn't have a middle name. So I said, hey, man, what do you want me to put as your name? Because I'm using, and he goes, uh, I don't care. I go, well, you know, is it okay if I, use, if I use your name? He's yeah. And then he read it and he was like, dude, this is me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Also, uh, Dr. Wang was real. Uh, the do- a, lot of, uh, a lot of doctors uh, and the nurses were real Peter. I mean, you know, the never ending humor in real life. It's just the yeah, lens so that you're looking at it through. Dr. Wang was the one that did the cystoscopy, right? You better believe it. Yeah. So yeah. I've had a cystoscopy. Wow. Well, you want to tell me and, about it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go your urinary tract. <laughs> well, I, I got a really bad bladder infection one time. And it, I then I got like bladder spasms and like a ulcer from wow. it. Okay. So they had to do a cystoscopy. And as I was reading that chapter, or I was listening to it, I started having flashbacks because I was I was bawling. Like the nurse had to hold my hand. Like wow. that's it hurts 
well, so bad. So I can't imagine having it with a severed urethra. So <laughs> uh, why don't you tell your uh, listeners what a cystoscopy is, Leanna? Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, oh, a cystoscopy is when they take a scope and they go up your urethra into your, into your bladder yeah. and essentially fill your bladder with liquid so they can use a camera to look around inside of it. So, yeah. but that how did they, awesome. yeah. how did they do it? Yeah. Well, how did they go up yours if your urethra was severed? Well, so that was part of it. It was that that's why it took so long. So basically this, it's a camera, right? So, you know, if you're listening and you have a penis <laughs> or, or you don't and you've held one, Imagine you're holding <laughs> one in your hand and now's a great time to go to your YouTube channel and, and see what I'm doing. And they take the camera and they stick it in the out hole and it's got a camera. So then they're poking around and they're trying to see basically where the break is. So it's usually, if there's a, it's usually a fracture. So when there's like this severe penis trauma, there would be like <laughs> a, a fracture. So they need to see where the fracture is so that mm -hmm. they can, you know, prepare you for, you know, your right. surgery. Well, when they, they, you know, she had originally said my, my doctor, whose name was Dr. Wang, one of many doctors, uh, <laughs> she was like, Oh, you know, it'll only take a little amount of time. And I was like, Oh, shouldn't I get some like numbing fucking cream or some, something? And she's like, eh, no, it'll be quick. And that was I huge, a huge mistake. <laughs> And so they were poking around for over two minutes. Uh, and I was just so, uh, like in a fetal position on this, you know, table with one white piece of paper on it. And I actually went back and I don't even remember if I wrote this or not, but like I went back. No, I definitely went over it and got my medical records because, I, you know, when you're doing this kind of self journalism stuff, you have to like test your memory against what other people remember, or, like what's written down, your text, your emails, all these different things. And I went back and got uh, medical records, which is a, a hilarious thing to do if you ever go to the hospitals, find your medical records. And it literally tells you how long, you know, they did this procedure for. And it really was that long. So that's did you go back to, sorry to catch up. Did you go back to the medical records just to see how long the cystoscopy took? Yeah, I, that and a lot of other things, you know, the, what the, what their notes were. Um, you know, I mean, it, I really did want to make sure that what I had been told, you know, with anyone who's been through any sort of trauma, you know, your memory is very flooded, you know, with all these different bits and pieces that may or may not be true. And some of that are retold to you, you know, it's, it really is kind of like trying to put it all together, which, which is part of the fun, right? You know, my memory mm -hmm. is, is my version of my memory. So you mm -hmm. know, there's always going to be things that you can check and make sure that it's even semi-accurate. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to be another question too, was it like, I was shocked by how well you recounted the situation while you were in extreme pain and probably exhausted. And then not only that, but you had like such like in the book, you, mm -hmm. you come off very funny and well written like jovial oh, yeah. while you're there, you know, like you're, you're making jokes with the doctors and the nurses. Yeah. And like, so is that actually, Me? yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I will, I will tell you this. And, and, uh, the thing is, is that when you're in situations like that, it's like y you being an asshole isn't going to make them do their job any better. Right. And 
I think that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. You know, at, at that point, it's kind of out of your hands. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that, you know, putting anyone in a good mood while they're working is probably going to optimize you for success. And, you know, the truth is, is that was kind of part of the fun of writing the book is that I got to put a lot of my inner dialogue in, whereas like my outward dialogue is always going to be funny. And there were definitely moments where I was just like, fuck this shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that probably comes through in very small bits. But I think that, you know, it's like like anything, you know, to to have the laughs, you have to have like the moments of the heavier moments as well. I didn't know what it brevity. I didn't think that was the right word. Gravity moments of moments of brevity. Is that you're moments. the writer moments of brevity? <laughs> I don't think that's uh, right. Let's keep moving. But I don't want yeah. to, <laughs> that might be just me sounding stupid, but let's keep going. I would definitely like moments Google of clarity. Clarity. Yeah. yeah. Maybe brevity too. But I like brevity. Yeah. Clarity. Gravity, brevity, clarity, potato, gravity. potato. Okay. Let's keep moving. Okay, so I wanted to bring up, there's a a main love interest in the book. Her name is Parker. Yes. And I have some thoughts about Parker and your guys' relationship. Yes. Um, But maybe you could just kind of give my listeners kind of an idea of what happens there and the progression of that relationship. So the thing to know about the the whole Parker storyline is actually that that's a majority of what the book is about, because even though I hooked up with this girl uh, and broke my penis on, uh, you know, woman X, uh, I had actually been kind of seeing somebody else and I had asked her to be my girlfriend and then she said she wasn't ready. Uh, So I just went and did what most dudes and probably chicks do as well. Uh, And unlike most scenarios, uh, I wasn't able to just not talk about it. So uh, when I was in the hospital, uh, before I went into surgery, I emailed my brother, my roommate, and her to to basically uh, explain what had happened and basically to her apologize. Um, and it was just a really shitty situation because, I mean, I still obviously really liked her, even though, you know, she wasn't ready, but, you know, she liked me too. So it was just like a really, uh, again, not uncommon uh, um, and not simple, but nothing really ever is, so. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So here's my thought. Why did you feel like you needed to apologize? Um, because you didn't do anything wrong. Well, see that you was, asked her to be your girlfriend. She said, no, like it's her loss. Yeah. But I, I mean, nothing is that black and white. I think that the, you know, when, when you tell someone you don't like them or you don't want to be with them, you know, that can be a right now. It can be a lot of things. And I think that in that scenario, you know, if you've ever had a feeling where you screwed something up, uh, that you thought might be good, I think that that's, I think that's where that was. And, and you know, this is what, this is the great, right? We go, well, I didn't technically do anything wrong. It's like that defense doesn't really hold up in court. <laughs> so I think that yeah. it, it was, more so maybe an apology to myself um, in one sense that maybe I had done it. And maybe in another sense that like I had to subject her to, you know, my buffoonery. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like, okay, like if one of my girlfriends came to me Mm -hmm. and they said, Hey, I've been, you know, sleeping with this guy. We've been hanging out. You guys have been hanging out like multiple days a week, acting like boyfriend, girlfriend. And he was just like, you know, I really like you. I still, I still want to hang out with you. I still want to sleep with you when I can, but, but I, I don't want to, I'm not ready for like that relationship. Like I would That's tell her, every scenario. 
Well, it that's not how it should be, though. Of course not. So that's why I that's why I just feel for you though because I felt like, um, like the whole book I was like Ross, you deserve better. Like you deserve better. Maybe, but I mean, it was also written from my perspective, so <laughs> maybe I did not. But like also in the book, you kept saying like, "Why do these things keep happening to me? Why do these things keep happening to me?" And I just like. You do it to yourself, man. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that you're uh, you're flattering me to a certain extent, and I, and I will always take that. But you know, the the truth is, is like our actions are always subjective, and we always want to say that we're in the right. But like you know, we also want to be upstanding people, and we want to be monogamous, and we want to be faithful and honest, and we don't want to lie. But this is really fucking hard to do, uh, and it's yeah. it's even harder to be a friend of someone and try and give them advice because it's it's never as simple uh, as it appears. And when you're going through it, it's always different, right? Like the person going through it is the only one who's gonna understand like, and be able to justify their actions. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think like, I, I think it was more of a courtesy for you to apologize and just, and it was very, you know, like I felt like the way that you went about it was very endearing and it showed that you did really care about her. And I liked, I thought her response was very caring and endearing. And you guys definitely had, there was definitely like equal adoration for each other. For sure. So, yeah. So, so in, in the interest of your audience in this podcast, because I don't want it to make like a book club, even though I know everyone's going to go and rush and read the book the second they see the preview. <laughs> I think that it's 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 probably equally as important, and, and, I, and I'm curious, you know, in the context of your life and your conversation, it's like, hey, look, if you've ever been with somebody and you know that they're sleeping with somebody else, or that they had in your tenure, what does that what does that do to your relationship? And is knowing, like, is the honesty to be like, yeah, I mean, we're not boyfriend girlfriend, so I can do that, right? Like, what is, what, how does that sit on you? Well, I think what makes this scenario different for me was like, well, first of all, one, I think both parties should be so into the other person that it's just kind of unsaid that you're, as time progresses, your boyfriend, girlfriend, and that when the man most likely brings up the conversation, then the girl is on board and you guys are official. So where it's the dance is the non-committal group where they're not exclusive, but they're kind of exclusive, um, but they don't want to commit. And, and that's what drives me nuts because I don't think that's really fair to the other person. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like in my opinion, but I'm also very, I'm very opinionated and I, <laughs> I know what I want and I'm, I'm strong willed and I make decisions quickly. So I don't want to be with someone that doesn't know if they want to be with me after two months of hanging out nonstop. Yeah. I mean, that sounds good. <laughs> But there's people who don't want to, don't know if they want to be together after being together for five years. So I, I think that but like- But also like, why are, why are they letting themselves get to that point where they're together for five years and don't know? Like, to me, that's a waste of your life. Maybe, but you know, love can grow. I think that people stay with people out of fear. People stay with people out of uh, the idea that it can get better. People stay with people for a lot of reasons. And I think that it's a very challenging thing to think that 
you're always going to be so sure-minded and, and, and some people are very lucky and have that super romanticized version of love. And I think that even if you've had it, it makes it harder to let go of it. But I, in my experience, I think that it's a lot of hard work and I think that it's being extremely uncomfortable and, uh, and not uncomfortable in that, like, I just want to be out of my comfort zone, uncomfortable in like, uncomfortable in the sense that you don't feel the way that you might think that you're supposed to feel. And so you push yourself or you put undue pressure on yourself or you look at other people's relationships. I think that is a really dangerous place to be. Whereas like we want this definitive Instagram, like, you know, inspirational, if, if you don't want me at my best and you don't deserve it, get the fuck out of here. Like you're going to be worse and best and you have to deal with me. It's like, if this shit comes up when you're long-term with somebody, it just happens, you know? So, so I, I get it, but I also see the long side of it. Yeah. And I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm not saying, so I'm divorced. Yeah. I was married for eight and a half years. Wow. So I like all of that. I understand. Is that what this podcast is about? Like, uh, kind of. okay, this is, this is great. Now we're getting, we're flipping it on you, but everybody already heard knows that I'm just new here. What I'm saying though, it's so long-term. Yes. Yeah. Relationships are hard. They're not idyllic. Um, they take a lot of work. You're not always sure. Even it, when you're in a committed relationship, you second guess yourself or you look at other relationships and you compare. And, but what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the first like three months oh, for sure. where, right. Where like I've, I've dated guys where I know they were really into me. Yeah. And sure enough, like two weeks, they're falling in love with me a month later, they want me to be their girlfriend. And then I've dated guys where like, they're like, well, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm at this place in my life. And that's not the kind of guy that I want in my life because I want to be with someone that knows, knows that I'm valuable enough mm. to like, at least pursue me in a way that they want to be boyfriend, girlfriend for, you know, who, if that doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's life. Yeah. But so anyway, so I felt all this to say, I felt for you and I don't, I don't know. Like I, you're like, I felt for you, but now I don't anymore that I've talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but you kept like, I felt like there was, there was a sadness because you felt like you had lost Parker because of this incident. And mm -hmm. I think that you didn't lose Parker. Parker just, she made her choice. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's very easy to, I, I mean, you're right. Right. And I think that there's, there's, when you look back at a relationship, you go, ah, there's things that I could have done. There's things that you could have done. And then you say, ah, are, did this, is this thing going to change? Are we never going to be able to recover from this? Um, and, and sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. Like I just, I can't put one for the other. Like I really, and I, you know, this comes from the book. Like when you like someone, it doesn't fucking matter what they do. It's like, you just justify it and you see the bigger picture. And like, that's the reality. When you're looking bigger picture, the, some of the petty stuff, you just go, okay, are you being honest about it? Okay. If you're being honest about it, cause that's at the end of the day, if you're not hiding shit from me. Okay, cool. Like we can talk most things. If you talk about them, you go, okay. Still like me? Yeah. Still like you? Okay, cool. It's like, and you kind of keep going. So I think that in that case, it, it was, you know, overcoming this thing. And, you know, the truth is, is if we know everything about our partner, no matter what stage, it's going to be a lot harder to <laughs> love them. 
you know, it just is. You're just like, ugh, ugh, you're gross. You're gross. So you mentioned a lot. You mentioned that you had kind of been in love twice. There was a someone you had been in love with in Seattle. Oh yeah. So what was there a correlation between like how both of these those relationships kind of started? Were they similar? So for for the audience here. So the the story of my other one. So in, in the book, I describe basically the, the time that I had experienced like the heart wrenching, like po- like in your adulthood, not like you know on the schoolyard, like person you think you're going to be with. And you know, I had moved to New York from Seattle, and you know, it kind of you know we had decided we didn't want to do long distance. But then I said, you know what, like let me go and win her back, and I flew back. <laughs> And basically, like, found out that she had already started dating somebody. So I was just, like, sunk into my chair. And so, like, there's nothing worse as a human than experiencing helplessness. And that's what mm-hmm. that is. It's, like, the combo of helplessness and, like, heartbreak is just a really great way to lose weight quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I'm asking, though, is, like, were there similar characteristics of how those relationships developed? Like, did they both develop? Like you said with Parker that you guys started talking and then all of a sudden you're like hanging out all the time and it just kind of moved kind of quickly and your feelings for her went quickly. No, that was a very, like a very New York thing. You know, Seattle was more of a slow burn. You know, the, the, the unfortunate thing is I think there's always consistencies, but also for me, a lot of inconsistencies based on where I am in life and also just their surroundings, right? Like nurture versus nature, like New York things just move fast and you spend you know, two weeks with somebody and you've experienced more in those two weeks than most people, you know, that are living in, in suburbia will experience in three months. So it just, things just happen faster. Do you think that's why it's harder to date in New York? Because it's almost like you've lived your entire relationship in like such a short amount of time that people get bored and then want to move on. You know, it's both harder and easier to date in New York. I say it's impossible, but I also can't even imagine what it would be like to date in another city where you have to get in a car and drive to see somebody and then like <laughs> make an Uber and be stuck. It's like, you could go to New York and meet someone and be like, this is awesome. I go somewhere else. And you'd be like, this was great, but uh, I have to go. And that's it. You move on. It's like, <laughs> but, but that's, you know, that's what's amazing about New York is that you have, you do have this speed. And if you think about when you go on a date, you go to one bar, right? And you have the sense memories of whatever that drink is and the ambiance. Well, when you go out with somebody in New York, you go out to three different places. So you feel like you've trapped, you tra- you're time traveling. That's all it is. Right. So, so you do bond quicker and, and nobody is in New York passively. So you get to see people at, at their highs and their lows in a very short amount of time. How long have you lived in New York now? Six years. I've visited a couple of times and I love it. That counts. <laughs> okay, so I have like some um some quicker kind of funnier questions. Oh yeah. So you call your mom mommy. Hell yeah. What do you call your mom? Mommy. Yeah, of course. That's her name. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel justified. <laughs> do people look at you weird when you when you like call her? I try not to what? say it in public. Oh, what do you call her? What do you call her in public? Like Nancy. Gladys. Yeah. Nancy, because you can't be like a grown ass woman in Trader Joe's being like, Mom, are you getting, are you getting the corn? <laughs> what do you call your mom in public? Uh, I just call her mom. Or I just yell oh, okay. clap a stick okay. or something like, hey! She know, you know, they know your voice after a while. You can be like, hmm, they'd be like, what's wrong? Are you sick? Do you need money? 
You know, this mom just had that sense. I really like your mom, by the way. That's great. She likes you. <laughs> she, she does. She listens to this podcast. Hello and goodbye. She told me. Not, no, she no, doesn't. No, not yet. But once you post it and I'm off. <laughs> we'll listen to my episode. She won't listen to anything else, but she'll definitely listen. Okay. Do you, since your accident, have you now gotten TSA pre-check? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. But that, but not clear. Fuck people. Like clear makes me so angry. I can't even begin to tell you. Mm. I mean, they, those bastards at fucking airports double crossed us. They shanghaied us so hard to think that we were going to be, you know, in the line. And then Lottie fucking da, these clear people just stroll right through. I mean, this isn't what this is about. <laughs> and I'm probably going to actually join Clear in like a year once I make money from all the people that buy this book off of this podcast. But for now, I'm going to do it. So there's a scene in the, in the, in your book where you're, you've just had your, well, you thought you would have the catheter removed, but you didn't. And you're on your way to a wedding. Oh, and so you're trying to go through security with yeah. a catheter oh my and God. you had to take off your shoes. You could barely, you couldn't dress yourself. Oh, that was Pat. Yeah. Pat was dressing me and I got a wheelchair and they patted me down. I mean, it's just a, first of all, like not that you ever want to be in a wheelchair, but if you ever did want to be in a wheelchair, you can get through security in the airports really fast. So if you're going to like travel somewhere popular, great time to injure yourself. <laughs> really PSA I'm just giving. I think we should move on to the next topic before I make a bad handicap. Okay. Also, um, actually that leads to another question. So a guy's mind is very fascinating to me because it, it blows my mind how often you guys think about sex. Like, yeah, but you know, we should clarify that it's not like, you know, we're not like thinking about it in that like, really dirty way we'll just be like having a sandwich and be like oh boobs are cool like you know it's not always so it's sometimes fun you know but like does every guy get on a plane and like imagine joining the mile high club with the stewardess because she smiled at him i mean i don't want to generalize and speak on behalf of all men which would be like a pretty dope power of mine but i, I think that it would be a wild idea to think that like not every, like everyone in their life for, for one time or another that's been on a plane has been like, could I do, could I fit in, like, in what do I, would I fit? Like, you know, like you would think through it. Then you'd be like, oh, I guess it'd have to be a night. It'd be an over, that would be, that'd be really hard. I'd have to fly to Tel Aviv with someone who'd do it. <laughs> and I'd have to stay awake. You know, like there are so many factors that's why I fly private everywhere now. It's a lot easier. <laughs> With all the earnings from your With book. All the earnings from the people who bought this Yeah. Book. And the audiobook. Definitely the audiobook. I get at least $3 more for that. <laughs> so please. So then you talk about how, as you're starting to heal after what, your second or third cystoscopy? So, so second. So, I, so, uh, when did you, when did you get the okay to masturbate? So I never, never got an official okay. Um, I mean, in life or just this, I think when I was eight. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, so for my recovery, uh, you know, I still had a catheter in. And so just for the record, I didn't actually know if it was going to work again because you know, these things are given. So the first time I got hard, I actually still had my catheter in. And uh, it was awesome and also not awesome at the same time because <laughs> it's just the, those are two opposing forces. Uh, 
and so I was allowed to have a have a jo uh, about two yeah two and a half months after the accident, which is like in dog years for a guy. I can't even begin to tell you how long two and a half months is. <laughs> uh, by the way, for my listeners, jo is jack off. Jerk off. I, jerk off. Yeah, I don't know, Jack. You never say jack off. Ooh, why stop saying? <laughs> Jack off is like angry, like really long, like shoulder strokes, like uh, like kind of hunched over, <laughs> like peering at somebody in the corner that walks in the room. Like that's a jack off. Jerk off is like yeah, I'm just having a jo, <laughs> like a cup of coffee. So you got the okay to uh, have a jo Thank or you. jo or whatever. Yeah. And then you you went, before you told about your experience, you went back into your childhood, well, not childhood, but like teenagerhood, and you talked about how you masturbated with a pillow? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. First of all, like, what do women masturbate with? I want you to explain the imagery of this. Okay, sure. So uh, how many male listeners do you think you have? Mm. Uh, 500,000? 10? Yeah. Okay, yeah, So like yeah. a quarter of your listeners are male. And and so like, I, I don't know, the discovery of masturbation is very funny for everybody. And I just had this really soft pillow that was small. <laughs> so obviously it made me feel really big, which is what I'm always trying to do. And I just kind of folded it like a taco, like a penis taco or a penis hot dog and moved the bun. And it was just really soft. And then... That was kind of it. I mean, doesn't take much. So you would you would like thrust into the pillow? I mean, or I would just like wrap it and use it as like a, you know, like with your hand. So it's like a. I mean, I, guess, I mean, now that I think about it, I was kind of inventing the flashlight before I really do it. I guess I was. I'm a pioneer. Uh, it's re- honestly it's stuff to be ahead of your time. Uh, but after this podcast, remind me to, to go into the flashlight business. Okay. So yeah, it was just and I would I mean I, okay. Let's just be honest. There were times that I did thrust it as well, but that was just more practice. <laughs> Usually I was laying on my back and I would just fold it over. Most people would just stop. That doesn't make any sense. You would use the pillow like how most guys use their hand? Yeah. Like just, just like, just like, like that? Picture your hand, but made of like Egyptian cotton. Like which one would you choose? Skin? How big was this pillow though? <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say pillow. I mean, it was like... <laughs> I don't know, like a foot, like a one, it's like a tooth fairy pillow, you know, like. Oh, so it's not like a, not like a head pillow. Yeah. If you're like a very small person, but no, it wasn't. (laughs) What's the record you have for talking about masturbation as children on your show? It's gotta be at least. What's the record? Yeah. I think we're breaking it. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. How did, can you tell me the first time that you masturbated? Um. You don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> well, I will tell you it was very late in life. What are we talking? Twenties? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Had, yeah. Had, have you told that story yet? I have not. Are you prepared to? You don't have sure. to. Okay, tell me. Yeah. Oh, let me get my popcorn. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um so I got married at twenty one. Did you not masturbate until you were married? I just never masturbated. <laughs> That's amazing. You are yeah. like a superhero. So, so I also grew up very conservative Christian. Yeah. Um, I mean, even they masturbate. 
Well, you well you weren't supposed to masturbate. Yeah, it was bad. Sunday school. Yeah, and I wasn't supposed to have sex before I got married, but I did. I mean, that was which is basically I was married for five years, had not orgasmed. And one of my girlfriends, I was talking to her about it on the phone. She just shipped me a vibrator. Wow, which what was it? What did it look like? Was it like the heavy duty? Purple, of course. It was like about like maybe six inches, but it was like. I just use it on the outside. Just like a tickle? Like a little, sure. like a little, uh, like a window wiper? N- no. No, I don't actually know how. <laughs> like, you know, like you just, you just like, you, you just kind of lay it to the side of the clit. And then you would do what? Cough? Wait, you turn just it on? Just turn it on. Turn it on. And then you just went to the fucking moon. Yes. Wow. What came, if you Came for the first time in about Did your husband seconds. like walk in the door and be like, how dare you um he was not crazy about the idea but he knew you told him you're like honey i'm going to go into the bathroom now i told him like after like the seventh time of using it i am dead right now this has got to be the most disrespected man on the face of the planet oh my god (laughs) wow if what yeah, I, is so, that why you divorced? They had to have been. He wants to walk in no. and he said, "You've replaced me with a superior being. Pack your stuff and get the fuck out of here." No, but I have opened up that like I use the vibrator during sex, though. Oh yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you do whatever it takes? Yeah, so I'm very that girlfriend changed my life. Yeah, shout out to her. So. Can we give her a shout out? What's her Instagram handle? I don't know. But her name is Melissa. You sound like someone who's giving zero and taking a lot in that friendship. So, <laughs> Melissa, I am so sorry. We'll find your handle and talk about it later. Uh, mine, by the way, is Ross underscore do. That's where you can get a link to my book. You can't find him on, on mine because he doesn't follow me. Yeah, well, I don't even know what yours is, so it's fine. I followed you. We've been messaging. Oh, oh I don't follow you back. That is so no. Am I your late husband? What? <laughs> okay, let's get back to what we're really okay. here to talk about. So, so my next question after the the pillow masturbation was: so when you had the, your first orgasm, like after like two and a half months or whatever, was that like the best orgasm you've ever had? Truly, and and I, I like one hundred percent top five, which it's kind of a weird thing to think you give yourself one of your best orgasms of your life. I mean, I have. I mean, well, we already talked about you. So let's <laughs> table what you and Melissa do in, in your private time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, honestly, look, like take, I mean, look, you waited for eons of time, but if you really want to exercise how much jizz you have in the tank, just don't masturbate for a couple months <laughs> and then see what happens. Like, it's essentially an assault weapon. Uh, and, and it was, it was wild. Yeah, it sounds like it. So then, so then, how long did you wait to masturbate again? I don't know, ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could never do that. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't actually know. You know, you remember your first, and then after that, it's just you go blind. And then it's just it's just pretty much every seven hours. I guess I'm bored now, so I'll do this to pass the time. Uh, or I'm having trouble sleeping. Or I just woke up. Or I've got 15 minutes for work. So, 
I mean, we did have a break in the middle of this podcast. Oh yeah. So my, the mic stopped working. I I told you, but it is late. So I had to have my, it's basically every night at midnight. (laughs) Okay. The, the other question is, and feel free if this is too personal, you don't have to answer this or I can cut it out. But like, are you not using condoms? You know, I have been interviewed so many times and you are the first person to ever bring that up. I am super proud of you. Thank you. That is amazing. Like no, like there's a couple of things in the book that no one ever brings up. That's one of them. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> that particular time I did not. And how well, two times you did it. Two times. The the one where you broke your penis, and then the first situation after. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't gonna put a condom on that thing. Exactly. I'm not going to threat to to all the work that I put in. So is it like, okay, are most guys like, do they just not care about wearing condoms? Guys would rather die than tell a woman to hold on while they get get a Uh, There's a great uh, comedian, late comedian Patrice O'Neill, who says safe sex is a woman's responsibility. Oh my God. I'm sure that that quote will go down in history. Uh, honestly, it's like you you know you know the field you're playing on. So it's like if you trust the person, eh, and if you don't, you're like you shouldn't probably be in that situation in the first place. But I would say that the majority of the time in my single life, I would say I do if I if I know the person like we've hooked up multiple times before. It's I mean honestly. You know, did you use a condom with your husband? Um, when we were on birth control. He was on birth control too? Yeah. <laughs> this guy, honestly, he sounds pretty nice and you just took him for all he was worth. <laughs> okay. Was there, so this is, uh, this is kind of like the final question that I have and then we can kind of like wrap this up with any other thoughts you have. Was there a part of you that wrote this book to get Parker back? Zero. Like you're over that? So uh, the, the, so we obviously didn't stay together, uh, but the, and not obvious, uh, I actually left it out of the book intentionally because I, I think that you don't have to judge the value of something by the way that it ends. Uh, and so oftentimes we do, we're like, oh, it didn't work. And, no, it didn't work and that's fine. We still had a great relationship and it didn't work and that happens. But I... I actually, you know, when I finished the draft, I'd said, I mean, she knew I was writing it. I said, hey, you know, I want to make sure that you have the chance to read this if you want. Uh, I don't think it's going to do anything for you, but I want to make sure that, you know, I'm being respectful. And she was like, no, I'm not interested. And thank you. Goodbye. Uh, wow. You don't even know she ever read it? No. And I, I mean, I hope she didn't. I think that, you know, to relive what what we went through, you know, I mean, it was to relive kind of like the ups and downs and our love story is very difficult, right? Especially when you know the ending. So yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of it. And I mean, I actually, to be honest, I think that after she said she didn't want to read it, it freed me to actually be a lot more in depth and honest uh, with our relationship. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah. Do you have, I have some like, um, like non-book related questions, but do you have... I thought this whole thing was going to be non-book related. I just wanted you to read it so I could get one book sale out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like I got <laughs> to get $5 for my time. You know what I'm saying? So 
<laughs> you'll be at home. You didn't have an excuse. It's not like you're going to be busy. You're all just stuck at home. So. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's the only reason I got you to do this interview, right? Because you're stuck at uh, home right now. And I was just so thirsty for more followers, you know? I'm trying to get a buzz. <laughs> oh, that was a question. Why is your Instagram um, account private? Because I'm not a hoe. I just, you know, it's like, I think that it's it's a very weird thing to, it's like, you know, on one hand, we're forced to like make it our brand, which is like not really what I want to do. But also like, if I'm going to do, if you're going to do any sort of entertainment, you have to have a landing page and like, so that people can go and buy your shit. But it's sure. like, I don't know. I've never, I'm always caught in the middle where it's like, I actually really love to make people laugh and entertain. It's like, but I also like, don't need it to be my life. Sure. But don't you think if you like, you've done all these interviews, there's a lot of people that know you that plug you. Like if you gain more followers, wouldn't you sell more books? Uh, maybe, but I don't really think so. I think that like, uh, also there's so many like non real people that will just spam follow you. So actually like, sure. like one of the other reasons was like, Oh, cause all these random people started following. So I just would be deleting them. And so I'm like, okay, if you're a real person and you have like followers and posts, cool. If you're not, or you have zero posts and you're like one of those weirdos, eh, I'm not really interested. I have like a love-hate relationship. Okay. I like this better. Okay. This is more fun. Yeah, it's nice. So <laughs> I get a bump of a zillion people follow requesting me after you post it. I'll be like, oh, these are people that came from Hello and Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. So I was going to say is, do you want my followers to go check you out? Is this a test of how many followers you have? Because the answer is yes. Oh, by the way, we made a deal. What's the deal we made? Do you remember? The deal is that, well, you, well, you said if I become famous when? to have you back on, yeah. but I'm going to change your wording right. to when yeah. I become okay. famous. Yeah. 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 So that's the deal. So when you become famous, I have to come back on. So that way I can reap more sales for what will, what will at this point be uh, an American classic. I think it takes like 10 years for it to happen. Maybe you need to start working on another book. Who says I have it? Oh, I, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I kind of started oh. <laughs> writing is fucking miserable. So, I, you know, like if I found somebody else to write something with, I would do it. But I mean, it's, it's so miserable. And the return, the ROI for writing a book is pretty much negligible. I think it's, I think it's a loss. I think on my PNL, it's just a straight up L. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a hard industry. Has anyone ever told you that your podcast name reminds them of the band Hello Goodbye? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure that I was not unique, and now I'm confirmed. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's, well, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm an emo kid, so I didn't know if this was actually like you know some weird poem to your virgin self. Oh my gosh. No, so the idea behind why I named it Hello and Goodbye is kind of uh, similar to what you were saying is like dating apps, meeting people, you hang out with them, you form these pseudo, I call them pseudo relationships, and then all of a sudden they're out of your life and it's like you're either ghosted or what'd you say? Hello and Goodbye. Hello and Goodbye. You know, it's just learning how to deal with that and navigate it and for me learning how to like what I was saying to you is like find enough worth in myself that I'm not going to put up with someone that doesn't know if they want to be with me after two months. I mean, sometimes I don't want to be with me after a couple of months. So it's just, <laughs> but I, I, I really do. I do appreciate your life story and you inviting me on here. I think this is really fun. You have an 
so I don't know how many guys you have on here. Probably a lot. Uh, but. <laughs> but. Can I ask, are you seeing anyone right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Not really. Okay. I mean, we can, but this is about you, you know? Well, no, this is about you. You're my guest. Yeah, great. I, I have a great relationship. Uh, I met her actually while I was doing a show on the book. And I was like, yo, can you leave me five stars on Amazon? And she's like, I don't know who you are. I'm like, I'll take you out on a date. And she was like, really? I was like, and can you get the audiobook? Because I actually get extra money, but I'm going to recycle that. <laughs> so it's kind of a net zero here. And you're getting entertainment. And it was a pretty good business deal. And she's a businesswoman. So it kind of worked out pretty well. Well, good. Well, I'm happy for you. Well, thank you so much. Do you want to kind of plug yourself? And If someone has made it this far into our chat, it's like, I feel like they owe it to, well, actually they just, they don't owe anything to anyone, but if you wanted to go and buy the book, it's just a uh, broken banana on Amazon. Uh, and uh, you can request me on Instagram, but I don't even know if I'm going to follow you depending on what you look like in your profile picture, you know, <laughs> and if you have like more than two posts that's basically my agenda all right well ross thank you so much i really appreciate you being on i appreciate you liana oh thank you do you have a, do you have a sign off at the end of every podcast that you do well i'm gonna do i'll do a outro myself oh okay all right great i'll just, <laughs> I'll just moonwalk out of the picture <laughs> talk to you next time you get famous just say, just say goodbye to my audience. Goodbye. Bye, Ross. Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it was such a pleasure. And you guys, seriously, go get his book. I got mine on Audible. It's such an easy listen. I'm sure it's such an easy read. And uh, you've got the time right now. So go get it. Broken Banana. All right. But to finish off the episode, I have my sister here with us. <laughs> she says hi with her <laughs> facial expressions. And um, I've decided that whenever I bring my sister on to finish out the episode, the segment is called Sister Segments. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but today's sister segment is specifically about sex setbacks. So it's Sister Segments, Sex, <laughs> sex <laughs> Sister Segments, Sex Setbacks. <laughs> So I just wanted to just kind of uh, ask you guys for stories that you guys have been through about sexual experiences that maybe haven't gone as planned. So I'm going to have my sister read the first one. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So we had decided to start trying to get pregnant. It was a weekday morning and it felt right. So we went for it. We're in the middle and the dog starts barking. Of course, we didn't think anything of it, but he kept barking, so we yelled for him to be quiet, and eventually he did. We got back into things and then the dog started barking again. <laughs> so my wife got up and opens the door to yell at the dog, and she stops dead in her tracks and looks back and says, OMG, there's someone coming into our apartment. <laughs> So I started getting dressed and ran out. Apparently, it was the electrician that our landlord had scheduled. <laughs> we had gotten several notices in the mail. He was coming, but never checking. <laughs> I, you did a great job reading that. I felt like I was in, like, storyland. Well, I read a lot of books to my to two-year-old. Your child. <laughs> I know. So I'm I really good I at it. I could tell you did a good job. <laughs> 
Okay, so the next one uh, says, so I went over to hook up with this guy for the first time. He gave me his address and I show up to his house, which was a little surprising because we were fresh out of college. Well, it turns out he still lived with his mom, but whatever. We go into his bedroom and start messing around, but then he wants me to take me to this like office study. It's pitch black and I remember thinking it was weird, but okay. So he starts fingering me and the next thing I know he came in me, on me, it was a mess. Turns out his dick was so skinny, I thought it was a finger and barely knew he was in. Oh dear. I, of course, told this story a million times since and always refer to him as Pencil Dick. Uh, How you doing over there? I feel bad for this guy. Okay, well, here's here's the thing, right? Men, we're not shaming you for having small dicks. The guys sometimes have small dicks, okay? They're micropenises, whatever. But own it. You don't <laughs> trick a girl that's by that's taking a little weird. Yeah, by taking her into this she room where there's like no light. <laughs> she didn't know what's happening. You're obviously not using a condom. What is going on with people not using condoms, you guys? Use condoms. Be safe. Not yeah. only from COVID-19, but from STDs. <laughs> Don't forget about the basics. <laughs> okay, why don't you read the last one? Okay. Listen. So I had been seeing someone and we hadn't slept together yet. She came over, I cooked dinner, and things went well, so we headed upstairs. <laughs> I can't get over your <laughs> It's so formal. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> Things I can't read. (laughs) Do you want me to read it? No. Okay. You got it. (laughs) Things were a little awkward, as they always are the first time, and we start missionary with me upright. Partway through, we go to change positions, but as I shift forward on my hands, she sits up and my head directly connects (laughs) with her nose hard. Immediately, she yells out and grabs her face. She was crying and her nose started bleeding. I was mortified and trying to help. Needless to say, we didn't continue the activities. And thinking back, we didn't hang out after that. (laughs) She did not seem pleased. Let's say that was a... A nose dive. Yeah. you being all punny <laughs> um Sorry. well krista thank you for being uncomfortable for a moment yes, and reading those stories. Uncomfortable to read those stories but thank you guys for sharing your stories <laughs> all of us feel more normal <laughs> all right you guys well that is it make sure to follow me on instagram at hello and goodbye podcast you can find me also at underscore liana joan i'm on twitter hello underscore by underscore pod facebook group h and g hive and then of course remember to subscribe rate and review on itunes and i will see you next week bye bye